What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he's been woken. Yes, sir. He's been broken. Yes, sir. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dude Yes, it's me, the wonderful me, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott, and speaking, I'm not that broke. What do you think about this card tonight? I can sum up this card in three words. Fuck my life. Uh-oh. <laughs> there was maybe a couple of moments here, but the rest of this card, fuck my life. And I'm going to say that for a variety of reasons, ladies and gentlemen. As you can see, unlike the NXT recap we did yesterday, I am in my right state of mind this go-around. Um, not as tired, not as exhausted, uh, but still stressed as a motherfucker as I've got my cigarette ready to go. And, you ready to go? Yeah, and I can just say right now, yeah, to say that Vinny is in an upset mood is to say the Atlantic Ocean is damp. Because, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen... Or, 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 or it's harder than a bump nutsack lately. Uh, no. No, that's, that's, that's not... That doesn't work in this scenario. That don't work in this scenario. Because, ladies and gentlemen, um, as you guys know, last week we did not do a recap of AEW. So, Zach was at my house this past weekend. We did a variety of fun things that we will talk about on the next variety show that we do, not including the (laughs) one that is coming out on August 1st. But while he was here, we did a recap of last week's AEW. 
I had planned to edit said recap and make it a double header for this week. Well, I went to edit the AEW audio and discovered the audio was Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. Why that is, I have no fucking idea. I thought maybe it was because maybe it went down, maybe something went wrong because of some of the files I had or whatever. I deleted a bunch of shit off my hard drive that I don't use anymore in the hopes of trying to solve this problem. But rather than make us redo that whole fucking thing again, or and obviously I was too pissed off and I have too much shit going on to be bothered to redo it, I just decided, you know what? As far as I'm concerned... July 6th never happened. We're just not going to talk about it. You will never know how we feel about what happened last week. It's just, it is out of sight. It is out of mind. I give zero fucks about it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Question. What? Has this had anything to do with me? Zach, if it had something to do with you, I would have dog cussed you the second I discovered the audio was fucked up. Okay. So, no, it it doesn't doesn't have anything to do with you. Fuck. So, I just decided... I'm sorry, man. Nah, it's not your fault. I'm just saying. As far as I'm concerned, last week never happened. Don't give a fuck. And to be honest, I didn't really give a fuck about this week. So, I'm just letting y'all know in advance. Don't expect a positive episode out of me this week. <laughs> don't don't expect it. I'm too stressed out. I'm too pissed off. In fact, at some point, I'm thinking about taking a vacation. Because Vinny is not in a cheerful mood with all the shit that he's gone through. And the worst part is, I am, I am bound by legal shit that I can't even tell you about it. What's making Vinny angry and his blood boil. So, we're going to talk about the one thing I can talk about that makes Vinny's blood boil. And that is week one of Fighter Fest. So, let's jump into this fucking abortion. All right, we've got a star-studded episode, and that's their words, not mine, of AEW Dynamite this week. And, of course, on commentary, we have Taz, the legendary Tony Schiavone, and the racist Excalibur. Why the fuck this man still has a job? No one's been able to answer that for me. But we kick things off with our first official match of the evening. Oh, fuck my face. For the AEW TNT Championship. Wardlow defends the title against Pockets. No. Fuck no. <laughs> as soon as I saw this, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It was so funny about it there, bro. This is where Wardlow ripped off the Pockets off of fucking Pockets. They should not have lasted as far as they did. Wardlow basically, uh, no, I mean, no, 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 no. And at this rate, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you can do that, and I love you so much. Apparently, Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. the Bucci, a.k.a. Chrome is not pissed off. He's very pissed off about this match. Vinny, can I say what you, uh, what I usually say when you're mad about something? Uh, sure, go ahead. AEW, everybody else, may God have mercy on your soul. The fact that this wasn't a squash is living proof that Tony Khan should not be booking wrestling. The fact that they use a clown in denim to make legit people who actually deserve to be in this business, who are actually credible in this business, who actually treat this business with the respect that it deserves, and they have to sell or play along with this denim-plaited clown and all the stupid shit that he does. This man is like, oh, let me put Wardlow's straps back on. And Wardlow's just fucking standing there? And they're saying, Wardlow is a monster. What monster you know lets someone he could eat for lunch touch him? I'm sorry. Anybody want to tell me a time that's happened? Not only that, this match went on way longer than it should have. They're having Wardlow sell for this motherfucker. Wardlow should be an unstoppable machine. He should be steamrolling motherfuckers, okay? If you're going to put Wardlow in a competitive fight, it should be somebody with who can match his size and strength. For Christ's sake, he dominated MJF. He has whooped ass and taken names. And you got him in a, in a normal competitive match with Orange fucking Cassidy? A.K.A. Pockets. And the worst part is, you bring in Danhausen. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Danhausen. I am a big fan of the Danhausen. Yes, he's very nice, very evil, very nice, very elite. 
but did not belong in this match. Danhausen had no business being in this match. It was it was a waste of his time, our time. It made a joke out of something that's not supposed to be a joke. And now, Tony Khan, you be cursed. Side note. Yes. I, I'm sorry, Danhausen, you had to be involved with this trust. I mean it, brother. You go on now. You go do your uh, wonderful, good, evil thing. But I apologize for you being this atrocity. Yeah, I mean, this is this was stupid. And again, I like Danhausen, and I like Danhausen, but I still have to call bullshit when I see bullshit. And Danhausen did not help anything. All he did was distract Wardlow long enough for him to hit that orange punch that made Wardlow stagger a little bit. This was stupid. Uh, this is bad. No, it was sad. Okay, and this is the and what really pisses me off about this. Oh Jesus, what's that? What really makes my skin crawl and my blood boil is the fact that the same motherfuckers that are in that building going freshly squeezed, freshly squeezed, freshly squeezed are the same motherfuckers that watch WWE and go, why do you do all this goofy comedy shit? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute. What? Did you just say this like, like, like for reals? Like, look, when it comes to Orange Cassie, a.k.a. Pockets, he's good in the ring. Hand me out for his size. But the fucking gimmick, I don't understand why you don't like it. Okay, okay. This is fucking ridiculous. I mean, Orzo basically his job to a fucking spot monkey. I mean, but we haven't seen that before, have we? Yeah, and, and, here, and here's the and here's the thing because these are the same motherfuckers that go. I can't believe they I can't believe WWE signed Logan Paul to a contract. Hey, at least Logan Paul looks like a fucking man. At least Logan, at least Paul, Logan Paul knows psychology. At least Logan Paul knows how to work and pace himself. A lot of people hate Logan Paul, but he said on Twitter, "Like you think that shit's fake? You think that shit's fake? That shit ain't fake. I'm hurting." I'm hurting all over. I'm sawing all over. I was like, I was like, okay, Logan Paul. I was like, see, people like that eventually. If you say something like that about the wrestling business, like you think that fake, that shit, they think that shit hurts. And prime example right there. Yeah. Like well, I always say, do you think that shit's fucking fake? You stand in that ring, just stand completely still, put your arm by your side. All right. And I don't know. I have all the all the wrestlers in the world. Who would you want to see somebody like to talk shit about what we love? Get close mind. The first wrestler that comes to the top of your head, man. Yeah, but here's the thing. What re- and what and what's the worst part about this? The moment where I almost shut the TV off and said I'm not even going to watch this fucking show. Orange Cassidy, Pockets, the mascot of AEW, Tony's little dog that he's giving all these treats to for being a good boy. Gets hit with the F10. It kicks out. And, and they said, he's the first person to kick out. Really? Really? Wardlow is this dominant motherfucker who, who has a move that nobody's kicked out of. And instead of, gee, I don't know, maybe waiting until he faces somebody like a powerhouse Hobbs or uh, an Eddie Kingston, a Jake Hager, <laughs> Claudio. No. Lance Archer. No. Maybe Lance Archer, maybe him. But... Wait till he faces somebody like that and have them kick out of your devastating move. No, we're going to let Orange Cassidy kick out of this move. As far as I'm concerned, the F10 should never be used to pin anybody ever again. If I was running AEW, if I was a booker for AEW or any other company and Wardlow had a move that nobody kicked out of and I saw Orange Cassidy kick out of it, that move would never end a match in my company Ever again. That is, you need a brand new finisher because that one's done. Because if Orange Cassidy can kick out of that move, anybody should be able to kick out of that move. This is the problem that AEW has, is that they don't know how to make things look believable. They do shit just to do it. I think this will be cool. So let's just fucking do it. There's no reason. There's no rhyme. Okay, a book. The booking committee of AEW is like Step in Time and Mary Poppins. Doesn't have a reason. Doesn't have a rhyme. Doesn't have a reason. Doesn't have a rhyme. Exactly. It's fucking dumb. It's fucking dumb. How dumb is it, Mister Pinaguchi? It's so dumb. It bought a ticket to see Xbox Live. It's so dumb. It bought a ticket to go see Limp Bizkit Live. <laughs> That's not even funny. You just sound fucking stupid right now. I'm not oh, even going to oh, edit this out. That's how fucking dumb you sound right now with that joke. Boo-hoo. Oh, boo-hoo. This is a, jo- a shitty joke. I'm just trying to... It wa- yeah, it was a dumb joke because it didn't make a point, okay? 
Now I got Now I got. Now I got to explain joke. Now I got to do joke explaining for dummies, ladies and gentlemen. We're debuting on the show. See, this is so dumb. It bought a ticket to see Xbox Live. The reason that's a joke, ladies and gentlemen, is because Xbox Live does not require you to buy a ticket. Because Xbox Live, all you need to do is buy a fucking Xbox, and you have Xbox Live. Okay, 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 okay. You made your point. Oops. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Calm down. I apologize. I was my fuck up. I apologize, Bruce Cash fans and everybody else. I'm sorry, Vinny. I thought you said something else. I'll explain yeah, it later. Let, yes, let me just let, let leave the joke telling to the professional, please. So anyway, we get so, uh-huh. after, so after the match... Wardlow picks Cassidy up, offers him a fist bump, which he accepts, and I vomit all over my keyboard because this is the saddest fucking thing I've ever seen. I didn't like it, but I hate to say it, at least he uh, pocket showed kind of some sort of respect in the ring with uh, Wardlow. Well, well, no, Wardlow was the it. one showing the respect when it was over. So after this match, there's only three conclusions you can draw from this. Wardlow's a pussy. Orange Cassidy's the toughest son of a bitch in the company. Or this match was, or this match is all fake. Which one is it? Because if Wardlow's not um, a pussy and Orange Cassidy's not the toughest SOB in that locker room, say, that means this is all fake. It wasn't fake. Well, they made Wardlow look like a pussy. He was just selling. He was there to make a paycheck, and I guess he was told to do what he was supposed to do. But after what you asked, this is probably number three. This is probably the fakest thing I ever seen. It is. I was like, 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 nah, this isn't right, because in real life, this is... all have to do this hit him one time in the face, and that skinny motherfucker, who I probably outweigh about 10 pounds, will go down on the flat. Yeah. You're 100% correct, then. This match went way too long. This was excruciating. This was painful to watch. I was like, I was almost ready to blow my fucking brains out. But that's all I have to say. Moving on. Yes. Ugh. So, we move on from here. They show a video package of Pac successfully defending the AEW All-Atlantic Championship against Shota Omino. And apparently, uh, Tony's doing this thing with the belt. And I read about it online where now Pac is basically going all over the world defending the title. And he's basically not just defending the title in AEW, but also in other indie promotions across the country. Because AEW can work with any company except WWE because they don't work with anybody. So, okay, that's basically the premise of this AEW title. So I guess they're going to show highlights of Pac defending it in other places to make him look good. Which I think I, I honestly agree with. Like, I have this championship. You want to face me? All right, let's go. He's, he's going out there showing his dominance. I like him a lot better than AEW. I like him WWE. Well, that's because so, Pac changed his whole gimmick up and is getting a better chance in AEW than he was in WWE because they pretty much relegated him to being a cruiserweight. But my point is, but the thing is, what I would like to see more of, and I've seen Impact do this before, that's why I think they should do it here. I think that in the place of certain matches, I think for the purpose of TV, they should just show us clips of Pac. I think they should show the match in its entirety on television. And I don't know what you would do in the ring during that time. Maybe have it on the Titantron and people can see it. But kind of show Pac, you know, having his match. Out of those places, I like to see that at least on Dynamite, kind of showcasing another match, another moment there to kind of throw in. And here's what I would do to make it even better: I would put those title defenses on Rampage and work them into Rampage. So what you're basically trying to say is he deserves to be on TV. Well, yeah, I'm saying his Pac deserves to be on TV, and since Rampage is taped in advance. You can air Pox instead of having a match in the ring. Maybe have a couple matches in the ring, but maybe instead of maybe have like two matches instead of three. Tape two matches afterwards. Maybe a couple promos and stuff. But in place of one of the matches, put one of Pox's title defenses from another promotion. That way, the other promotion gets a little bit of clout, and we get to see Pox in a full match defending the All Atlantic Championship. Because I think it'll make people take the belt more seriously. They'll take Pac more seriously. And if the crowd on social media, resp- the AEW fans, respond well to the opponent, that might be a bit of a motivator for Tony to go, you know what? Let's see if we can bring him in. Maybe even sign him. All right. Okay. 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 But yeah, can't, obviously you can't air it on Dynamite because Dynamite's live. That's why I revised it to Rampage. But t- put the match on Rampage... That way you don't have to tape as many matches for Rampage because by that time, people are going to want to go the fuck home eventually. So 
This is easier for them. All right, all right, all right, sir. Yes. yes, so we're going to move on. We now have an in-ring segment. We have Chris Jericho, who comes to the ring by himself, and he's wearing a suit. Now, he says he's not here as Chris Jericho, the sports entertainer. He's not here as Chris Jericho, the wizard. He says he's here as Chris Jericho, the living legend, and Eddie Kingston's superior. Jericho calls Eddie confused. And brings up their looming barbed wire everywhere match. He says everything Kingston does, as far as being a friend, turns to mold. As he's a curse. Guess he's been hanging out with Danhausen. Kingston notes that Ortiz got his head shaved. And Santana is out with an injury. Jericho says he took Brian Daniel out and he don't know when he's coming back. As Ruby Soho, she's got a mangled hand and a crushed career. He says Kingston needs to take better care of his chicks. Jericho calls Kingston a mark for Terry Funk... Onita and Sabu. He points out that he won the first barbed wire match in Canadian history and he liked the pain. Jericho says he's just as sadistic and maniacal as Kingston, but the Mad King underestimates that. He says next week, Kingston will be facing the pain maker. Jericho says he's accepting the match because this is the final fight in their saga, and once he beats him, Kingston can crawl back into a hole with his substance issues and his mental health issues because he knows he'll never be at Jericho's level. Jericho says the only thing that can wash away his sins is a tidal wave of Kingston's blood, and he calls Kingston a loser. Loved it. What about you? Loved it. I mean, this is... Chris Jericho as a face doesn't make sense, but this right here, Chris Jericho as a heel, man, good God, I'm like, this was good. It's like, he basically coined that, like, hey, yeah, I stand there with my uh, movie good looks, and just smiling at the, at the camera. I was like, I was like, bye-bye, Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, but there's one problem. What's that? I man at his age shouldn't be just doing this type of match. Okay. I don't know if he should be doing this type of match, but I'm eager to see what happened. But this right here was absolutely fucking brilliant. And Vinny, go ahead. This was beautiful. This is Jericho on top of his game, and I liked it. I like the fact he didn't bring up being a sports entertainer. I'm glad he didn't do the whole, I'll throw a fireball in your face because I'm a wizard. Because look, as much as I like the wizard thing, it does get old after a while. And whenever you're in a heated rivalry with somebody... There comes a time when you got to get fucking serious. Even if, you, even if your gimmick is a little bit on the comedic side as far as your promos and your insults. At some point, you got to get fucking real. And Jericho is doing that. He realizes how serious this barbed wire everywhere match is. And he knows in order to make this work, he has to whoop some ass. And I love the fact you talked about the substance abuse issues, the mental health issues, because they're great ways to get heat. Because anybody that's dealt with substance abuse and come out the other side, the last thing they want to hear is someone reminding them of their past problems. And mental health is something that nowadays people are starting to take a lot more seriously than they did before. So that's another great way to get heat is to make light of someone's mental health issues because that triggers everybody nowadays. Because people are now learning that, you know, mental health is something that we all need to take seriously. You know, if you've got problems, get help. And, you know, if you notice somebody has a problem, try and help them if you can. So that's a good thing for him to do. And also, he's doing the pain maker, which was one of his gimmicks, his alter ego in New Japan, when Jericho did some New Japan shows. So this is perfect for him. Perfect. He's going. That means we're going to see a fight. It's going to be crazy. And they just announced it's going to be next week in AEW, which means I'm not confirming it yet, but there's a pretty damn good chance. I might go to Dynamite next week. I might go. I might get a ticket. I don't know if I'm going to go by myself or if I'm going to bring somebody with me. Depends on who's available. But, uh, yeah, I'm pr- if, if that's the main event, I might fucking go if I, if I, if I got the money to do it. Well, um, count me out because I, I got to work. So, uh, I figured that. Go on RLF Ventures. Well, yeah, well, apparently it's at, I think it's at the Gas South Arena, which is not that far from my house. So I could literally go there, leave, and then by the time I get home, you'll probably still be watching it. So we'll still be able to recap regardless if I go or not. And uh, you have one thing over me there, man. You got to go see it live. Yeah. Fuck you, bastard. (laughs) And the best part is because it takes you forever to watch AEW when you get home, uh, 
And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just bringing it up. Um, that means if a girl does come with, if a, a girl, if a girl ends up going with me, you know, I got time to uh, knock the stuffing off that egg McMuffin before we do the recap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, you just made my night, guys. I've been up since 8.30 this morning. Yeah. Oh, God. No, here's the deal. Like, after Tuesday, I have to be work. I have to go do basically open or close. Thank God I have a week to knock off. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, but yeah. So then, of course, um, after all this, Eddie Kingston responds to this backstage by telling Jericho that he can bring the pain maker or whoever he wants because next week he's going to pay. The Mad King says he's going to hurt Jericho and he's going to enjoy it. Like Chris Jericho. Not as long, but good. Well, yeah. It was short. It was sweet. It was to the point. And you saw the look on Ruby Soho's face with the injured hand. And also you saw the look on um, Ortiz's face with the, you know, still got the bald head and all. So obviously Eddie Kingston's going for a fight. And now they're pretty much confirming this is the final battle. Their rivalry is done after this. The question is, who you think is going to win? But most importantly, who do you want to win? Well, I don't know. I mean, if this is the final battle, then Eddie needs to win. Eddie needs to win. Is that a good question? That's what I'm saying. If, Eddie, if, if this is the final battle, if after this they're done with their rivalry, if this is the final nail in the coffin, then Eddie Kingston has to win because the babyface needs to overcome. But if this, if there's gonna be an, if they're gonna go one more match, if they're gonna try to drag this out to all out in September, which I do not suggest they do. But if this isn't the final match, then Jericho needs to win because Eddie's already got a victory over Jericho. But to my knowledge, I don't know if Jericho. I can't remember if he has a one-on-one victory over Eddie or not. So, so that's the issue. So now we need to know if Jericho can beat him. So this is the final battle. Eddie needs to win. It needs to be done. If it's not the final battle, then Jericho needs to win. So that's how I feel about it. I, I, regardless of how the finish is, if, if Jericho walks out the victor, there needs to be one more match. And I'll be pissed off if there isn't. So uh, so you want Eddie to win just to end this? Yeah. If No, I'm saying if Eddie wins, then they have to end this. And I'll be pissed off if they don't. But if Jericho wins, they need to have one more match. And I'm going to be pissed off if they don't. So I say, you're right. I say, let's have Eddie win, be done with this, and move on. Because I still got a feeling, regardless, I think we're going to see Kingston versus Claudio at All Out. Okay. Even though they formed a temporary alliance against the Jericho Appreciation Society, Claudio can't ignore the fact that Eddie was talking shit about him on social media. What was he saying? Make it short and sweet. He said that Cesaro didn't have the balls to come to AEW. Well, he's in AEW now, and he's way over, so apparently he does have the balls. Well, after he debuted, Eddie Kingston went on Twitter, found that tweet that he made from from a while back, quoted it, and at the top of it he said, well, look who just grew a pair. Or, look who finally grew a pair. You think they had a beef back in the day? I don't know. I mean, I know that... I know that a lot of the AEW faithful like to shit on the ex-WWE guys because they don't like the fact that they're coming in and taking spots, even though they don't understand that the reason they're coming in and taking spots is because they're stars who draw money and aren't just there to be part of the circus. I don't know that person, but I'd rather see the person that I know in the ring. Yeah. But anyway, I'm moving on. Uh, we got the next match of the evening for the A. It's an AEW Interim World Championship Eliminator match. Whatever the fuck that means. But we got John Moxley versus Kanasuki Takashita. I enjoy living the hell out of this. What about you? Love the match. Still Love have match. no idea what the fuck the point of it was. I understand that. Maybe it was just... Even though it's a world championship match, maybe it was just a feel of that, bro. I don't know, but I thought this was fantastic. I mean, there was even blood. That Japanese dude, he put up a good fight. He was 6-4 and four and came in there and put up a hell of a match against a fucking AEW champion. Come on. That guy got respect for me. I don't know his name. I've never seen him before. I was like, all right, he impressed the other shit out of me. Not all these um, New Japan guys suck, but that right there was actually fantastic. Jimmy, what about you? I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, I did enjoy the match. Um, it got bloody at one point, which 
it needed to be because it's Moxley. You know, he the Blackpool Combat Club is all about blood, so there's blood is to be expected in a match like this. Um, but like I said, I I enjoyed the match. Um, I'm not gonna say that I'm a uh, I am sold on Kanasuki Takashita because I need to make sure that he's not a spot that he's not a spot monkey that he doesn't do strong style stupid shit. And I need to see him with a microphone before I can actually say I'm a fan. But I did enjoy this match, and I thought it was very well done. Naturally, Moxley won with the bulldog choke. You know, he he hit the Death Rider and everything. Like, this is a guy who is getting taken seriously as a champion. Basically, the treatment that Moxley is getting right now is the treatment that Adam Page should have fucking gotten. So, I, I did enjoy this match, but I won't call myself a Takashita fan. I don't know too much about him, but I did enjoy the match. It was this, what we like to call in the boot cast, was this a TV match? Definitely. Okay. Like I said, because they're saying that it's an eliminator match. I don't know what the fuck that means, and, they'll, and nobody, nobody bothered to explain that. And I don't know how this kid got this. I'm like, okay, I'm like, all right. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but anyways, it was a good fucking match. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. I'm doing the hell out of it. Yes. And then next we got. Um, oh. Well, one more thing. That's uh, that Jimmy Shuplex, the Japanese kid, did the mocks on the side. One word. Ow. Go ahead. Yeah. All right, so we we cut to the backstage area with Julia Black, who says Darby Allen is not free of the consequences of his choices. Malachi Black says Venom is agonizing once it's in your system. Brody King tells Allen that he didn't need his praise and he's getting his by taking what's Allen's. Okay, I saw what happened to poor Darby Allen at this uh, at this autograph signing. Why and that little promo was not caught back and uh, the other person was like. Um, Okay, there was no point for Brody Crane to go do what he did to Darby Allen because Darby has a toothpick and Brody King the size of a whale, so I didn't understand this. Denny, do you? No, I okay. don't understand this at all, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see from this match what we saw with Wardlow and Pockets. Stuff that's not believable because they want to make because they're so desperate to get the small guy over that they don't want to use psychology to do it. Because psychology doesn't matter in AEW. Because we don't do things that make sense. We do things for the oohs and ahs. Because we... it's coming from us, it's the boos and the boos. Yeah, or as Christian would say, do a match that gets talked about longer than a week. AEW never <laughs> doesn't do that. Or longer than uh, 24 hours or 48 hours. Yeah. Right, and, this was pointless. Exactly. Right, and speaking of Christian Cage, we cut to him and Luchasaurus as the Varsity Blondes are in the ring. Cage targets the Varsity Blondes' message by insulting Brian Pillman Jr.'s mullet. He says, Brian had a father, but his father was a legend in this business, at least according to other people. Cage says Pillman was average at best, but he respects the blood and sweat he sacrificed. He says Pillman would be appalled if he knew his final contribution to the business was his son. Cage says Griff Garrison looks like Jungle Boy, which fires up Luchasaurus. Vinny. Yeah? Have you ever seen Christian Cage be this savage before? No, and I love it. How wonderful is this? I like Beautiful. it. I love it. I want uh, more of it. Make it hurt, Drill it. Sergeant. I try so hard. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, dude, this was fucking fight fantastic. I was like, but what the one thing, at least Christian Cage is like, yeah, your father may be average, but he at least somewhat, somewhat respect to Byron Pillman. He puts his butt in sweat through this business. But he showed somewhat respect to uh, Byron Pillman. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I love that he said he, he he didn't get too far into Pillman because Christian was at least aware that Pillman, you know, was a was a, was a uh, badass in the business. But he said he was average at best, which to an extent that is true. I mean, obviously, we've talked about Brian Pillman on Dark Side of the Ring. You can, you know, from Dark Side of the Ring, you can talk about you can check it out on the Boochcast YouTube channel, both parts. And we talked about, you know, every aspect of Brian Pillman's career. Obviously, Brian uh, Pillman Jr. is going to be pissed about it. But as mean as this was, it's still not as bad as when MJF insulted Brian Pillman. No, not even close. Yeah. I forgot so, about that. No no disrespect to Christian Cage, but... Uh, but he 
he was tame on this one. He he wasn't as brutal on this one as he normally is. And then he did the whole Griff Garrison looks like Jungle Boy, which this is not the first time people have pointed this out. Uh, I know. On Being the Elite, they brought it up all the time. Here on the Booch cast, I jokingly called him Jungle Man Griff Garrison because he actually is like, he actually looks like a, even though he looks like Jungle Boy, compared to Jungle Boy, he looks like a grown man. They look like they could be twins. Yes, even though Griff Garrison looks more like a man than Jungle Boy does. Well, they could definitely tell if they're not twins, man, they're guys, um, maybe just, uh, I don't know, definitely related. I mean, um, they don't have to be identical twins. I mean, hell. Because here's the thing. I, I can relate. Uh, my cousin's dad stopped by work, and we talked for a minute, and a couple of people are come up to me like, uh, like oh, what? Like, you two look alike. I was like, I'm like, that's not the first time I understand that. I don't know why. Maybe that's somewhat relatable, but a non-relative or a real relative, a non-real sibling, like a cousin, yeah. look alike. I'm like, yeah, it happens because we do. He has red hair and the same eyes as I do. I'll explain why later, but. I understand that. I did that. That was fucking brilliant right there. Did she show respect to Brian Pillman uh, a little bit? But, like, damn, dude. Christian, anymore you might get sued. Well, like I said, you don't have to look the same in order to be twin brothers. I have a twin brother named Vincent. (laughs) And I even though I was big and strong, he was short and fat. Well, I'm big and strong, and you're short and fat. Yeah, fuck you, asshole. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Gotcha. <laughs> and now I'm leaving the show, but I'll be back. So anyway, you'll be back. Uh, all right, sir, you'll be back. All right. So anyway, on that, but anyway, so yeah, so it was a great, great show, and then a great promo, and then we get to uh, the next match oh, of the no. evening, if we even want to call it that. <laughs> oh my god. Luchasaurus with Christian Cage oh versus Griff Garrison with Brian Pillman Jr. Jungle Man Griff Garrison with Brian Pillman Jr. <laughs> oh my god. Eddie, are you laughing right now in your head? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I have one word. I have three words. What the fuck? Seriously? I have never seen a more dominant. And I fucking love it. I love Luchasaurus the way he is. He completely snapped. He went to the nice dinosaur to the fucking T-Rex from where we're back. Like Rex. Remember that? Yeah. Like he was a nice guy. All of a sudden, he had that uh, he had that medicine and proved he became the actual, a real Tyrannosaurus Rex. You understand where I'm coming from? Yes. Your your 90s references are astounding. Fuck you. You, would, you know what I mean. But hands down, this was brutal. I like, out. Was there any offense from those two other people? Yeah. There was no offense whatsoever. I was like, okay, and one, two, three. No, no. Made him tap out, and I was like, all right, and then put them through a table, and that's that. Yeah, and then basically they, uh, he basically choke slams Garrison onto Pillman, who was on a table, and the first time it didn't break, but Brian Pillman's still trying to shake, like, still trying to sell it, even though it didn't break, which I thought was stupid, and... Then they're like, one more time, one more time. Then he picks him up, finally puts him to the table. So we had a little bit of a botch there, ladies and gentlemen. But at least they sold it well. Yes. They knew what, it's one of those things where we could tell it's a botch, but they're still going with the flow, which is important. I saw that as well. And then I think about that. I was like, now you brought it up. Like, eh. like, oh. Okay. I was like, they did just sell that well, but I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> that all though was that tonight. Yeah, a lot of this was crazy. And um, so uh, on that note, we cut to the backstage area where we got Tony Schiavone, who's with 2.0, and Daniel Garcia of the Jericho Appreciation Society. And apparently they're going to be suspended in a shark cage for Jericho's match next week. Uh, Matt Menard says he wants Claudio Castanoli and Kingston's other allies in a cage. Daniel Garcia says Wheeler Yuta has been doing his best Daniel Garcia impression for months. He says, Yuta took his identity, so at death before dishonor, he'll take the pure championship. No. This was bad. Was this horrible? I wouldn't say it was horrible. No, um, it was pointless. Yeah. Matt Menard needs to get rid of the Tony D accent. I've never noticed about him. I've, I've, I've noticed it. I, I've noticed it definitely now in this promo. He is trying to do, and it, he's doing an Italian accent. It does not fit his gimmick. It does not work for him, and he needs to. Try, 
And to quote the TBS champion, he needs to cut the shit. So what are you trying to say? You can do a better job than him? Yes. Do I need to demonstrate? Go ahead. So I'm supposed to fucking do this on AEW now too? I got to make a fucking point over here. All, all I got to right, emphasize right, sorry, that this guys. fuck wannabe Guido. Don't boss, know what the fuck you're doing. Boss, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, boss. Calm down, Don. Calm down, Don. Your Irish sidekick is right here. I'm sorry. Oops. My apologies there, dear sir. I apologize, boss. Yeah. Was she, uh, this wannabe Irish fucking Guido. I said I was sorry. Goddamn ridiculous. That's what the fuck this is. But anyway. It was just ridiculous, and but now we know the Jericho Appreciation Society will be in the shark cage, and that's when I found out this was going to happen next week, and that's when I was like, hmm, I may need to buy a ticket. Uh, you go buy a ticket, and when I call you after the whole show's done, if I watch it in time, you let me know how that goes. I will, absolutely. And, um, and then, of course, um, after all this, we see a video package confirming that AW All Out will be held in Chicago on September 4th. So it'll be the day after the uh, WWE pay-per-view from England, which is interesting. Um, they're kind of doing a pay-per-view on the same week. They're both doing pay-per-views on the same weekend. I can't remember if they've ever done this before or not, but that's definitely interesting. And all right. I'm intrigued to see how these... how what the card's going to be like for All Out. But we cut to the backstage area where Tony Schiavone interviews Hangman Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. And they say they're upset after Brody King eliminated Hangman and the Royal Page. Silver oh challenges God. the spooky perverts and the House of Black to a match on Rampage. Vinny? Uh, yes? I wanted to put my fish through a wall. <laughs> what the fuck was Adam wearing? No, I, was like, I did not like this promo. I thought it was horrible. I thought it was evil. You go ahead. I did not like this. I did I was getting mad. I was like, I was ready to go ahead, Vinny. This was stupid. This is fucking horrible, right, Debra? What the fuck was this bullshit? First of all, part of the reason Hangman Page has a hard time getting taken seriously is because they keep making him pal around with the job squad of AEW. It's, it's making him wear the, that type of shirt. Not even the fact that he's wearing that type of shirt. Just the fact that Hangman Page cannot be taken seriously as a star. Because he keeps clowning around with the fucking jobbers. The Dark Order is a waste of space. They have been a waste of space for a very long time. Without Brody Lee, this faction is nothing. And they know that because that's why they keep exploiting his son every week to stay relevant. This this is a wa- this was a stupid promo, a waste of time, and they're going after the House of Black, which is equally fucking annoying and equally a waste of space in AEW. Thank God it's on Rampage, so I don't have to fucking watch it. I just uh, agree with you, sir, on this. Can we please move on from this fucking goddamn bullshit? Yes, we are moving on from the abortion, and we are going to move on to the next match of the evening. We got a little bit of a WWE throwback for us here. Uh, <laughs> Claudio Castanoli versus Jake Hager. Loved it. Did you? This was the match of the fucking night. This was fucking fantastic, man. It wasn't not. I mean, it was physical. It was brutal. They... These two big-ass dudes beat the living shit out of each other, did they not? They has fight. They has fight right there, bro. Hey, has fight. Hey, has fight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. it was fucking great. And yeah. I love the fact that, um, you know, Claudio won. At least Jack Hager, in somewhat degree, did not get there, did he not? Yeah. I, mean, there you go. I was like, oh, these two know each other very well in the rank. In the WWE, they were a tag team, and now they, you had two wrestlers actually know what they're doing because they know each other so well, learning psychology and uh, physical-wise. Yeah, because these guys do know each other very well because they used to be a tag team. I'm sure they're friends outside the ring. So th- I have never heard of these. Yeah, so naturally, they're going to know how to work well with each other in the ring. That's why most of the time, I've even heard Triple H say, some of the best matches you can have in the ring are with somebody you like and respect or are friends with. Because a you know how to work you know you, you know how the other one operates and b you can be a little bit more stiff if you need to because the other person understands so okay okay you know so they can you can have a little bit more fun because you can trust the other person and the more you trust somebody the more likely you are to have better spots in the ring and this one was fantastic Claudio and and Hager fucking brawling killing each other hitting all their moves. Doing what they got to do, timing everything. Hager getting his shit in at the right time. Claudio getting his shit in at the right time. He hits a pop-up uppercut and the Ricola bomb for the win. Perfect. Perfect match. Loved it. Loved it. 
This was the match of the night. This was the match worth watching. Was this stupendous? It was stupendous. I'd have made it the main event. It was that damn good. All right. All right. All right, man. Uh, good match. Good match. All right. Moving on. Yes. We cut to the backstage area where Hook, apparently, some people think he's in line for a title shot. He doesn't say anything. Thanks for fucking coming. Um, no. No. If, if he's not going to talk, can we get him a fucking manager, please? Exactly. Or talk yourself, dude. Now, I can't be impressed, but you're better than this. Is he good in the ring? Yes or no? Yes. Hook is then fucking what's the great. Problem? The dude is undefeated. And he literally was having, like, squash matches. He was dropping motherfuckers. And he's over. And he's over. And at one point, he was going to have a match with Danhausen, but instead, they ended up being a tag team. But the chemistry worked. And that's 100% Taz's kid. That's Taz's son, yes. All right. Maybe in real life, that dude could probably beat your fucking ass. Yeah. Oh, no, but he needs to go against somebody. Then He needs to talk, but he also needs to go against somebody that can actually, you know, do what they need to do. I'm tired of the fucking jobbers. I'm like, dude, you need to go get somebody that can actually, you know, last longer than, I don't know, two minutes or even a minute. Anyways, I was like, okay, this was pointless, so moving on. Yeah. So next, uh, we hear, we see a video package of Thunder Rose's match with Mayu Yamashita. Then we cut backstage. Thunder Rose dis- discusses her return to Japan and says Yamashita will get a shot at the gold. So I believe next week, she's going to be here in Georgia, and they're going to have a match for the women's title. If it doesn't happen next week, it might happen at some point down the road. Maybe they'll bring it in for All Out. Who fucking knows? But next, uh, we have, you know, Rose is there with Tony Storm. She said they're ready to take on anyone because they are now officially Thunderstorm, the tag team. And then all of a sudden, Brick Baker, accompanied by Jamie Hayter, interrupts and says this place is a natural disaster without her. She and Hayter say that they know Thunderstorms can be very damaging, but they're equipped to deal with them. And Rebel hands Tony Schiavone a bag, but its contents are unclear. Um, did you enjoy this at all? I didn't understand it. <sighs> you have to follow the dirt sheets to understand what that was. Because once I, I found out, sheets. once I found out what that was, I was like, oh my God, that's a burn. For those, you, of a burn. For those of you that don't know what happened there, that bag that, 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 that uh, Britt Baker gave to Tony Schiavone was a bag full of sand. <laughs> Um, now, Vinny, what? A bag full of sand? Yes. And why is this funny? Oh, man, I wish I could call Gator. Um, here's why there's a term called sandbagging. <gasps> Pause the multibus. Sandbagging in a wrestling contest. Sandbagging is where a wrestler who is being lifted into the air intensely shifts his or her weight to feel heavier, thus making the opponent appear weak or clumsy. When in reality, the other person is making the move difficult. Some examples of sandbagging can be with Thunder Rosa and Marina Schaefer, or even a match between Triple H when he sandbagged Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Now these are terms from the inside explained using broken brilliance. Unpause. And Britt Baker was one of the girls who liked the tweet about Thunder Rosa sandbagging. So when they handed her that bag, they were basically handing her a sandbag, and that's why Thunder Rose had a look on her face like, (laughs) I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) I get it. I get it. It's fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Oh, okay. See, at least I understand. See, I understand the business so much. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a chance, I would have brought Gator on and had him explain that. You could probably explain it a lot better, a little bit better than me. I mean, okay. I mean, I explained it as best I could, but Gator knows some of the insider it. terms a little more deeper than I do. But I understand your route. Like, okay, I was like, hand hit me. She said, "You stand." So she sandbagged up. Like, wait a minute. And I heard that expression before, not in the professional wrestling world, but just in other uh, there's things. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, all right, okay, moving on, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that was that was insane. I'm like, oh my god, that was burning. 
Yes. I didn't understand it, but how you explain it now, I can totally understand it. Like, oh my God. Yes. And on that note, we're going to move on I'm to the next match of the evening here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Serena Deeb versus Anna Jay. Me? TV match. Killer. It, it was a good match. I won't take anything away from it. It was great women's wrestling, which we don't see often. Although, I felt the pacing was a little sloppy, mostly on Anna Jay's part. because She should have won. Yeah, just the pacing was off. Something was off about this match. But And uh, here's the thing. I did not know Anna Jay was a, a Georgia girl. Fuck yeah. And how good luck she is. She says she's from Brunswick, Georgia. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I was like, yes. I was like, hell yeah. And one more thing I have to say. Fuck you, Christian Cage, for calling us pieces of crap in Georgia. Motherfucker. He's a heel. Pissed. The fuck you think's gonna happen? Oh, I was mad. I clicked off my phone. <laughs> I'm sitting outside. I clicked uh, it off. I pulled it like, you motherfucker. I was like, fuck <laughs> you, you kidding me, piece of shit. Oh, wait. Go fuck it, dogs. Welcome to America. God bless America. And God bless Georgia. Fuck you. Wait till next week when they're actually in Duluth, Georgia, and they because they're gonna they're gonna treat it like it's Atlanta. Um, yeah. wait until oh, wait good until God no. No. Wait until he come here. Oh, dude. Oh, the, the the Falcons and Bulldog jokes alone will cause Zach to have a fucking aneurysm. Because you know it's coming. You know, I know it's he coming. He can talk crap about the Falcons all he wants, but he has no right to talk about the fucking Bulldogs. I will say this once. Vinny, you know how the Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship? Yeah. Do you actually know? Dude, I just know they won. I could give a fuck less about the reason or the history or any of that crap. I don't. I don't like college football. I don't take it seriously. Alabama threw a pick six at three and ten, and the guy, the guy's name, ran in for eighty yards. Okay, we're now returning from the land of no one gives a fuck to talk more about this match. And so, overall, like I said, Serena Deeb did great in this match. Anna Jay was okay. I just thought the pacing was a little off. And then I noticed that after Jay taps the Serenity Lock. Um, Deb kicks the hold in after the bell. Mercedes Martinez comes out to make the save. And apparently, at Death Before Dishonor, they want Mercedes Martinez to defend the Ring of Honor women's title against Serena Deeb. Uh, I thought this match was, uh, okay, but it did put on a good show. It was just filler, but it, uh, put on a good, uh, women's wrestling match. And I wish Anna Jay won because she is from Brunswick, Georgia, but Serena Deeb, she's that badass bitch. Oh, no! I mean, yeah, that's a given. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was good, was it not? Oh, yeah, it was very good. Like yeah, I said, the match good. wasn't terrible. It's just, it was just there. It wasn't a lot of, like, over-the-top excitement. It wasn't as of your seat. No, it wasn't. Um, But it was there. And although I am intrigued to see if Mercedes and um Serena are going to have that match at Death Before Dishonor because I genuinely feel like if they have that match, it's going to be great because both those women are badass. Yep, that's very true, Chef. Moving on. Yes, uh, we now cut to the backstage area. We got uh, Jay Cargill's there with the baddies. Uh, she tells <sighs> Leela Gray or Lila Gray to fetch her some water. Stokely Hathaway tells Cargill to trust him and says that they'll be watching Chris Statlander's match with Athena on Rampage. And Kiera Hogan tells Gray that she'll never be a baddie. If uh, Jay Cargill to go tell me to go fetch some water, you know what I'll do? Fetch some water because she could break you in half like a fucking twig. The fuck you is this. I'll go in there, get her some water, piss into the water, wrap it up with something she can't see, and make her drink my own piss. I don't fucking like her. Fuck you, Jay Cargill. Go ahead. She has to catch me first. You honestly think you can outrun Jay Cargill? Mm, I can try. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> tell me to go fetch her. Tell me to go fetch her. Go get her some water. I'll tell her, fuck you. Go fetch your own water, bitch. <laughs> Oh well, Zach. She's a heel. That's what that's what heels do. They make you go fetch stuff. You know, you get... could pay me enough money to do go do that for her. I respectfully a... disagree with that. I think you come up with a nice round good. figure. I don't like her. What is the point of her? Why is she there? You know what she is? She's just a waste of space that needs to float away and go away and never come back again. Zach. <laughs> Zach. What? Can you go fetch me some water? <laughs> Why don't you go float away and go away and never come back again? Fuck you, Vinny. Okay. The pineapple goes on a fucking pizza. Okay, first of all, no, it doesn't. Second of all, you know I don't float. Third of all, uh, 
this is my fucking show, so I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> that was a good one. I love that. I thought you did like a lot like, that's a good point. Okay. You know, I'm just saying, like, just the other day, Pennywise was like, they all float down here. Do I look like a motherfucker that floats? No. I don't you float. Stink. I don't ride floats in the parade. I don't even drink root beer floats, motherfucker. Keep your balloon. So anyway, uh, on that note, we cut to the backstage area where we see Ty Cunty confronting Anna Jay, her former friend, and says she needs to make better choices if she wants to get on TV more. <laughs> You agree with me? Was this pointless? Where we're we about to go? I mean, I don't see the point in it. Like, what is the goal of this? Is are, are they going to try to make Anna J join the Jericho Appreciation Society? And if she does, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. Why is the Jericho Appreciation Society need another girl in it? Are they planning on making her the TBS champion? Because I doubt she's going for the women's title. I'm pretty sure if anybody's going to become the women's champion, the JAS, it's going to be Ty Cunty. Well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully that doesn't happen. All right. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. The Young Bucks defend the titles against Swerve in Our Glory and Team Taz. I knew this was going to be a spot fest. It was a triple threat for a tag team championship. But, can I go ahead and spoil it? You're not spoiling anything. This is a recap. Lo and behold, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee are now the Duke AEW Tag Team Champions. I thought for, I thought the whole, uh, I knew, I thought the Dump Bucks were going to win. But they didn't. So, Manny, go ahead. I <laughs> did not care about this match. Neither did I. I, had, I had no interest it. in it. And the only thing that got my interest was Swerve hitting the swerve stomp and getting the win and winning the tag team titles for him and Keith Lee. And then Think about that there, Benny. The Dumb Fucks don't have the tag team titles. Yes, that's the one good positive thing that's come out of this is that the Dumb Fucks are no longer the tag team champions. They don't have the belts anymore. They don't need the belts anymore. They don't deserve them. And Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are champions as well. They fucking should be because they are badass motherfuckers who, when they first came in, were not getting the respect that they deserve. Now they're starting to get the respect that they fucking deserve. And they work really good in the ring together. Yeah, good chemistry too. Yeah, and the only disadvantage is the fact that the Young Bucks were not involved in the decision. So you know they're going to use that as an excuse to try to get a rematch. That's why I hate triple threats. And it, so there's a good chance it's going to happen. Now the question is, when that rematch happens, are the Bucks going to try and take the titles back? Or are they going to let Swerve and Lee run with these belts? Because as far as I'm concerned, they need to keep those belts. And the only team I want to see beat them is FTR. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. Short Strickland and Keith Lee against FTR, that'll be fucking gold. Yeah, but I'm just saying, when the time is ready for those two to drop those belts, it needs to be to FTR. Yes, and that way they can have every single piece of tag team gold on their waist. And I don't know how the hair they're going to carry it on to the fucking <laughs> to this stage. The shocking cart. I don't know. They'll figure something out, but... <laughs> but yeah, but it's going to be uh, perfect because I... I have faith that FTR will beat the Briscoes at Death Before Dishonor, and everything else is falling into place. So, like I said, that was the only good thing in this match. Everything else was get your shit in, not sell everything, stupid spots that made no fucking sense. It was it was shitty. It was uh, like we would call in the newscast the shitty. Yeah. We would also refer to this as lazy booking. Lazy booking. Pretty much. So... That's about it from this shit show. Zach, do you have anything else to add to this abortion? Um, I did not. At the end of the night, it was a, a good, a shitty start. A somewhat a shitty finish to a certain degree. The dumb fuck piece of shit morons. Dumb fucks don't have tag team titles. That's the only thing that was good out of this whole night. Yeah. The fact that the Bucks are no longer tag champs is, the, is one of the few good things that happened on this show that I can look forward to. Hopefully next week will be better, and time will tell. I have no fucking answers right now, but if I'm able to, I'm going to get a ticket and go to this fucking thing. Whether I bring somebody with me or not, I don't know, but I may go I may go see this live. But uh, 
Right. It won't be the first time I've gone to a live wrestling event by myself, so I'm cool with that. Um, but anyway, go for it. Yeah. So that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of AEW. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely. I don't have a choice, or you don't have a choice, I do, do we? Uh, believe me, if we had a choice, I'd be anywhere else in the world right now. Well, uh, fuck you, but thank you. <laughs> I meant because wrestling in general sucks today. Don't flatter yourself. Anyway, uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, this week, we'll also be doing a uh, special event for the male soap opera moment. We'll be providing a recap of Money in the Bank. So be on the lookout for that on the Facebook page coming either later this week or as soon as next week. Also, uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. I recently posted on Twitter um, some of the QR code hints that have popped up on NXT. Zach and I will talk about that at some point, but I got the first two clues up there already so we can try to crack the code and see what the fuck they're talking about also make sure you guys check out our youtube channel see all of our boochcast youtube content including our review of the brian pillman episodes of dark side of the ring and also hit that subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted also make sure you follow us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties our next watch party will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. That's right. We're getting together for the biggest party of the summer. We'll be live on Twitch at 8 p.m. Bootleg link will be available at 7 p.m. For those of you who don't have Peacock. And we'll be doing it in one of two locations. Still trying to figure out where that is. Uh, the first option is we might be doing it from Nashville, Tennessee, because Zach and I will be there with Buff Bagwell for StarCast Weekend. So we might be chilling in the hotel afterwards and uh, put a little Twitch stream. Maybe it'll be the three of us. Maybe we'll have another person with us. Might bring in some guests. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do, but we're going to try to make a party out of it. Uh, also, Can I say something? Go ahead. Uh, it's confirmed, ladies and gentlemen. I will be there with Denny and Buff. I literally just fucking said that. Yeah. Well, leave it to Zach to point out the obvious, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, <laughs> second, so, but anyway, if we're if for whatever reason we are not able to do so, uh, we will have uh, the team here in Georgia doing it. So either way, we will be providing you guys with a watch party on Saturday, July the thirtieth. Because this time, I'm gonna make sure if the Georgia team has to do it, they have their fucking shit together this time. Um, but anyway, we also have our D and D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and our special treat that we will be uh, putting together for you guys. I recently had a former NXT correspondent, John Tumblin, was here working on his part. Uh, he still has a few kinks he has to work out, but we're getting everything ready for this big surprise that we will be bringing to you guys very soon once everything's worked out. So we'll keep you posted. Uh, also, you guys can support the Boochcast. By going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three different levels you can donate at. Our first level is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to help us out. You're keeping uh, the Boochcast team uh thriving with this with these donations so uh, i understand you know money is tight for a lot of people so that first level is for you if you're in that ballpark if you got some extra money to spend you can go to the second level which is 4.99 five dollars per month the same amount of money you would pay for a peacock subscription i know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the peacock so don't give them money give us money we got better content than peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere 9.99 $10, same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So do that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network, and unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans that are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, all the money that we raise goes back into this show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment. 
We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you've got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed uh, Zachary Scott his uh, ramen noodles and continue in our long, tedious quest to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, pizza baby. baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.